Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. And I am already laughing, already laughing at what just occurred on the ice at PPG Paints Arena. Let's get to it. Pittsburgh Penguins 3, Anaheim Ducks 4. And a second straight loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They dropped to 3-6 and six on the season in the most, honestly, chaotic way, humorous way that you could think of to the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, shout out to the Anaheim Ducks. They've won four games in a row. They might be a better team this year than they were last year. They have, I think, 16 players, they said on the broadcast, that are 22 or younger or 24 or younger or something of that manner. A young team, an exciting team for the first time in a couple years, but this game was not about them at all. Not in the least. It was the same old song and dance for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. Last year, you go back and the narrative was this team could get out to leads and then blow them in the third period. This season, it's dominating puck possession, dominating time of possession, dominating shots, dominating expected goals, and still coming up on the losing side of things. Not only coming up on the losing side of things, but not even being able to go out there and get a pity point when you're tied with two minutes and eight seconds to go and a two-minute five-on-three, you still find a way to lose that game in regulation. And the way that they found a way to lose in regulation this time is on their goaltender. The goaltender that they gave five years, over $5 million to, is not an NHL goaltender at the moment. Tristan Jari handed that game to the Anaheim Ducks, and we'll talk about him a little bit as this show progresses. Thank you to everybody that is in the comment section here live on Inside the Penguins directly after that debacle of a loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins but let's get into the goal recap here before we continue on this iceberg recap in general if you're on inside the Penguins on YouTube you'll see that that is up on the screen for you right now Eric Carlson opens up the scoring with his second goal of the season assists go to Evgeny Malkin and Riley Smith on that reimagined power play it looked good early on and it became a story throughout the entire game Penguins got up one to nothing shortly after that 
Score was tied. Again, another through line for this game is the Pittsburgh Penguins being unable to carry their momentum and to build on a lead in this. And they tie it there at 1-1. Jacob Silverberg gets his first of the season. Max Jones and Pavel Mintnikov, the impressive young defenseman, get the assist on this one. Second period starts at a tie 2-1-1. It gets 2-2 through the second period as Frank Vetrano puts the Anaheim Ducks up top on the in the lead for the very first time in this game. His ninth goal of the season, having a good year out there in Anaheim for Vitrano. Cam Fowler gets the assist. Mason McTavish picks up his first of what would be three points on the night on the Anaheim power play. Then later in the second period, Penguins get a five-on-three opportunity. They don't miss on this one. Evgeny Malkin scores his fifth of the season. Eric Carlson picks up an assist, and Sidney Crosby picks up his fifth assist of the season, and that one passes Mark Reckie all-time on the NHL's all-time assists. List And that one was on the power play as well. Uh, a small consolation for Crosby that probably does not care that that happened in the least. But two to two after two periods go into the third period. And it looks early on like the Pittsburgh Penguins were there to play. Were there to get the win. Redeems a horn of pots. The goal that gives them a three to two lead early in the third period. The third line was a factor in this one. And they've been a factor over the past couple of games, a good sign for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But as we are going to talk about, there were plenty of bad signs to go around in this one as well as third or sorry, second goal of the season assist go to Drew O'Connor and Lars Eller. It is Eller's third assist of the season. And then, well, it got comedic in the third period. Shortly after that, Mason McTavish ties the game with his fourth of the season or Ryan Strom and Pavel Mitnikov get the assist on that one. And then there's what happened at the end. Like I mentioned, two minutes and eight seconds left on the game clock in the third period. Penguins get a five on three. They don't capitalize. First penalty expires. Mason McTavish comes out of the box and he is sprung because of a just hiccup in the offensive zone by the Pittsburgh Penguins on the power play. He gets the breakaway, and Tristan Jari does not make the timely save once again. Mason McTavish scores with 11 seconds to go in this one, giving Anaheim the 4-3 lead and eventually the 4-3 victory. I keep laughing at this. I think it is so hilarious that they continue to lose in some dumbfounding ways because here's the thing. I can't come on here again and say, well... This team was good. This team played a really good game. This team should have won the game. Should can only go so far when you lose these games routinely. And again, it is routine that they outplayed their opponent in this one, but find a way to lose. And in this one, it is the fact that the power play was better. The third line was good. The first line was clicking on all cylinders, but the goaltender... The goaltender just didn't want to play hockey tonight in Tristan Jari. We'll get to him again. I'm going to keep pushing that can down the road because I just want to continue to, to talk about Jari throughout this episode because he really was the story of this game on either side, honestly. He, he really just handed this one to the Anaheim Ducks. Let's get to the three stars of the game here. I mentioned Pavel Mitnikov, very impressive young defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks. I thought he looked great in this one. Made a couple of plays in the defensive zone. Very smart on the puck in the defensive zone. And then smart when he wanted to jump up in the play as well. A, a young defenseman that really kind of has gone onto the radar. But with his two assists tonight, ties the NHL lead, rookie lead for defenseman in points. And really, you know, he was playing a physical game as well. There was one hit he laid on Evgeny Malkin behind the, the Anaheim net that I was like, okay, for a young kid. He's really playing a physical game. Very impressive from the young Ducks defenseman there. Second star of this game, going to go to Lucas Dostal. I don't want to say, hey, 
you know, he looked great in this one because the Penguins make a lot of goaltenders look great. It's just what's happened all year this year, and they make Lucas Dostal look great when he comes in relief for the second and third periods. Saves 33 of 35 shots that he faced against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and he followed the script. That's all he had to do. Follow the script. Go in, play steady in the net, and the Penguins are going to send a lot of pucks right into your chest. They're going to send a lot of pucks at you, and you're going to be able to see them the entire way. A lot of these shots coming from 25, 30 feet away, and and nobody on the Pittsburgh Penguins in front of the net. That's something we're going to talk about tomorrow. I'm making a point of it to talk about it tomorrow on the tip of the iceberg. The Pittsburgh Penguins, for some reason, are afraid of the net front. They get in front of the net, they try to make a screen, and then you saw in so many of those opportunities, particularly on the power play, by the time the shot got to the goaltender, where were the Pittsburgh Penguins? There was one on the left side of Dostal, one on the right side of Dostal, nobody in front of Dostal. You're not going to get deflections like that. You're not going to screen the goaltender like that. It's going to make it very hard for you to score goals in this league if you fail to get in front of the goaltender's face. Because most goalies that play in this league, Tristan Jari excluded, if they see the puck, they're going to save the puck. And that's what's happened all season long for the opponents of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it happened tonight for Lucas Dostal. And he's going to get the second star of the game for me and the first star. First time that I've done this. This is the ninth iceberg recap of the season. Obviously, the first season that I'm doing it. And the first time that I have gone through a game and said, you know what? There have been decent performances by the Penguins, but after the way that that game ended, they don't deserve any of the stars of the game. So Mason McTavish is the first star of the game. The game you go Mitnikov, Dostal, and McTavish. McTavish gets two goals and an assist, including the game winner late in this one. It was a great shot by him. Very uncontested by Tristan Jari. I thought most of the night Tristan Jari was a little too far in his own crease. And as I believe it was Phil Bork today or somebody pointed that out today to Mike Sullivan in the pregame presser that, you know, did you notice that Tristan Jari sits a little too far back in his crease when he's not confident and that leads to some poor play on his part? And Mike Sullivan deferred and said, listen, I'm not the type of guy that's going to be able to give you the ins and outs of the goaltender position when it comes to the way that we're teaching these guys. That's going to be Andy Kyoto, the goaltending coach. Well, Andy Kyoto has some work to do with Tristan Jari then because he was in his net a little too much tonight. And then when he wasn't, he was completely out of the net. I mean, I'll, I'll talk. Let's get to it now. My final thoughts before I go to the comment section here. Got to catch my breath for a second. My final thoughts are on Tristan Jari. But before I get into Jari, the thing I want to say with this is the Penguins tonight showed that they're built really well for how they want to play the game, how Mike Sullivan wants them to play the game, how Kyle Dubas would like them to play the game. They're actually built really well for that, and they showed it tonight. Puck possession is key. What have they done all season long? Very well. Possess the puck. What is the only thing they lead the league in? Face-offs. That goes into possession. So they're good at that. Sure. Force your opponents to convert on as little opportunities as possible. That's what they did tonight. They forced them to do it. The only problem with that is, and the fatal flaw in this entire plan is, you could be great with the 18 skaters you have on the ice if the 19th guy, the guy with the big pads and the blue crease, If he can't hold up on those few opportunities, then it doesn't matter if everybody else does their job because you're going to give up goals on those two or three or four opportunities that you allow to the other team. That happened tonight. 
Tristan Jari was Swiss cheese. He was a sieve. He was horrible. I don't know what other way to say it. There's somebody came on, on the comment section of the last one and said I was, I was defending Tristan Jari, which I didn't. I hope you don't come into the comment section this time because I'm doing the opposite of defending Tristan Jari. That was one of the worst performances I've seen from him in his entire career, and he's had some bad ones. You know, I don't, I don't need to bring back the, the game six against the New York Islanders back in 2021. But this one, it rivals it pretty bad. But, you know, you look at the rest of the team. The first line, once again, was really good. Second line, not great at 5-on-5. Five five. They didn't create a lot of opportunities, but when you look at what Ricard Raquel has been doing, he has zero goals, one assist. I talked about it on Iceberg to go earlier today. You need to do something with him. You can't have him continue to go out there, and it's not like he's not getting his chances. Ricard Raquel had six shots on goal tonight. Six. He's shooting the puck. He's trying to do everything the coaches are asking him to do, and it's just not converting. Part of that is he's not getting the chances where he needs to get the chances from. Because he doesn't do that when he's with Evgeny Malkin and Riley Smith. you got to put him on the first line. And yeah, you don't want to take anything away from the first line because the first line has been tremendous all season long. But you need to get something else going for Ricard Raquel and for that second line at 5-on-5 tonight because it was not good enough. Third line looked really good. Fourth line did what the fourth line does, I guess. They didn't give up any goals. At least none that I really recognized. And if they did, it was on Jari. Like, uh, I'll go back to that. Three, The first three goals were on Jari. The fourth one you can debate because it was, you know, a breakaway. But eventually you need to make a save. He didn't on the four opportunities. And those were opportunities that could have all been saved. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So before I go to what's up next for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I do want to try to look through. There's a lot of comments. I'm going to try to get to as many of them as I, I possibly can here in the next couple of minutes. Bryce Seiko says, controlled zone time, shots on goal, and lost with a shorthanded goal. It's comedic, Bryce. That's what, I started this thing laughing. I'm still laughing on the inside. It is comedic how well they played, and they still found a way to lose. Uh, it is, to me, one of the most baffling things that they continue to do this and there are three six and oh and it's getting late quickly right i talked about it earlier today eight games is only 10 percent of the season it's enough of a sample size to see what's going wrong and to form some habits that need to be changed but not enough into the season where it's extremely detrimental to your playoff chances if you keep performing like you did tonight specifically on the goaltender it's gonna get late very very early Let's look through a couple of these. <laughs> Magic Milkman says, how does he go from a shutout to this? I have no idea. I, I, I really 
don't understand it. I mean, you could have said the same exact thing on Saturday night against Ottawa. How is he from when he plays well, well, really good, and when he doesn't play well, really bad? And there's no middle ground right now with Tristan Jari. It's something that the Pittsburgh Penguins need to address. I just don't know how they're going to address it because they just locked this guy up for five years. And we'll talk about it, but at the same exact time, I mean, while Kyle Dubas has shown in the past that he does lose patience with goaltenders. You look at what he did up in Toronto. I mean, he had Jack, sorry, excuse me, he had Frederick Anderson when he took over, and then Jack Campbell showed some promise, and Jack Campbell became the starter. Jack Campbell got one year in, didn't perform to expectations, and he was gone. And they went out and they got, I believe it was Peter Morazic and Matt Murray. Was Matt Murray there at that point? I don't I don't know. They, they went through so many different ways and different goaltending duos because Kyle Dubas was not going to sit still and let a goaltender cost his team a chance to to go on a run. Now, is this a different situation? Yes. The goaltenders that are available are different. That's why they went out and signed Tristan Jari this past offseason. But nine games into the season, you're not going to give up on the guy you just signed five years on. I don't know what they're going to do because you look at Alex Nedeljkovic, that was the, that was the answer is, hey, if Jari was going to stink, Nedeljkovic has shown that he could be a 1B, potentially 1A in this league. You're hoping he comes in, he plays well, and he can he can give Jari a blow and let Jari sit for two, three, four games while he figures his stuff out. Can't happen now because Alex Nedeljkovic is on long-term injured reserve. He won't be back until... The middle of November, November 18th against Vegas, I believe, is his first game that he can come back in. Meanwhile, Magnus Helberg, who looked pretty decent in relief on Saturday, he's just not that caliber of guy. You're hoping that he could be, and he might be. We'll see. He's probably going to get some opportunities. But at the same exact time, you just don't expect that from a guy like that. Chris Perkins says, what do you do with a five-year deal goalie, though? That's that's the toughest question because... I don't know who's going to take them at this point because if you call somebody for a trade, they're going to say you're desperate and they're going to make you give them to you for nothing. You're not going to get anything back for them. You're going to lose that. And I know some people might say, well, that's good. But at the same exact time, you need to look around the league and, and look at some of these goaltenders. I mean, John Gibson was an option this summer. He's not going anywhere. Connor Hellybuck was an option this summer. He signed a long-term extension. Who is available right now, especially only 10% of the way through the season? A lot of teams are still trying to figure things out with the team that they put on the ice early in the season. There's not going to be very many guys open, and there's nobody in the pipeline that is quite ready for that jump, for that next step of being a Penguin starting goaltender. So you're stuck with Tristan Jari. You need him to figure things out. Cameron Britton says, Nick left a comment up about regarding the power play on both levels, AHL and NHL. Sent you a message on Facebook. You did. I do remember seeing that, Cameron. I didn't get a chance to get back to you. Listen, the power play tonight was good. You can say what you will about what happened at the end. They were getting their opportunities. They started to overthink it. But everything leading up to the most pivotal moment of the game, which is not going to help anybody, which is not going to make anybody else feel better, but every other power play leading up to that final one in the game, they were doing everything they needed to do. They scored on the one, and on the third power play, I thought was their best power play of the season. They didn't score on it, but you know what it did? It built momentum, and you saw for six, seven, eight shifts after that power play opportunity, the Penguins continued to control momentum. They continued to control opportunities, and they got so close to getting that lead, and then they give up one singular opportunity the other direction, and it goes in the net, and that just kills all the momentum that you have. So the power play... 
we talked about it on Iceberg to Go. We're going to continue to talk about it this season. It's tough. It's really tough whenever you have all this momentum, when you play as well as the 18 skaters did, and you're let down by one singular guy. And that one singular guy is going to take it on the chin, but at the end of the day, you just need more uh, from Tristan Jari. Uh, Chris Perkins says, do you think we should try our Zamboni driver net worked for Carolina? It's funny because that Zamboni driver was actually employed by Kyle Dubas in the Toronto Maple Leafs when he uh, he went in and got the win. And the Pittsburgh Penguins emergency backup goaltender for those that uh, are definitely interested in who that might be. Uh, it's Mike Chieson, who is one of the Penguins coaches. So he is the uh, e-bug for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not the uh, Zamboni driver in Pittsburgh. One last one that I'm going to go to here is Luke Hebert. He says, am I the only one that thinks Gino shouldn't be manning the power play on the point? Here's the only issue I have with that, Luke. Evgeny Malkin has the best shot from that spot on the power play. He has the best one-timer on the team. He has the most accurate one-timer on the team. Though, the given the take of that is, whenever he's tired, you're going to see exactly what you saw on the game-winning goal. There might be a turnover. He's not the guy to chase down the forward heading the other direction. And that's something the Pittsburgh Penguins have really struggled with. Honestly, they've struggled with that his entire career, and they're going to continue to struggle with that because they're not going to take him off the point in the power play. The one thing I will say before we head home today about the man advantage, Jake Gensel also has one of the best shots on the team. Jake Gensel has probably a, a more lethal wrist shot than Sidney Crosby does. Just going to just gonna mention that. Crosby might have a better backhand than anybody has on a forehand, but Jake Gensel's wrist shot and Jake Gensel's actual shooting ability is not being utilized properly on the Penguins' power play. Yes, I know for a long time that they've liked to have him in the net front, and he's kind of adapted to that role very well, but they don't utilize his shot nearly enough, and I don't think in general Jake Gensel has utilized his shot enough this season. That's at 5-on-5. Five five, that's on the power play. That's on everything. So I think they need to utilize Jake Gensel a little bit smarter. I think they need to get him more shooting opportunities on the power play. They need to manufacture that, and that's on Todd Reardon and setting up the system, setting up the rotation so Jake Gensel can get more opportunities. It's also on the players on the ice. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a team that really just needs to fix a few fatal flaws. And that's the thing. They're small things that the Penguins let beat them. It's goaltending is a big thing. I've said that the entire show. I'm not going to say that. It's the one small mistake on the power play. You just can't make that pass if you're Eric Carlson. You can't make that pass knowing that there's three seconds left on the power play, that somebody's coming out of the box, even though it's a five-on-three. You just have to be able to, in that time, be a little bit more secure with the puck. And you can't take the dumb penalties. I mean, a couple of these penalties were a little weak. The one leading up to the 5-on-3 in the third period on Marcus Pedersen, I thought was weak. But again, you just can't find yourself tangled up in these situations. It's it's a hard thing to control, but it's something that you need to control nonetheless. But that is going to do it for this one. The Up next for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a four-day break. It is going to be a very long four-day break for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are riding back-to-back losses, losses in three of four on this homestand. And they head out west to California to take on the San Jose Sharks and Eric Carlson's return game. We'll see if they have a better showing in that one. We'll see who's in net for that one. Off of a four-day rest, I would doubt it's Magnus Helberg, but Tristan Jari needs to figure it out. I've bashed him for 22 minutes, and I think that that is, uh, that is plenty to do. But before I go, actually, I do want to mention this because Sword287 brought it up. 
All the work Eller did on the PK for the PP to go and do that. Lars Eller, tremendous effort in that one. Figured I'd throw that one here at the end of this one. A little bit of a positive to end this show. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of negatives tomorrow on the full episode of Tip of the Iceberg. I'll have Nick Horwat, my co-host, joining me. He was in the building tonight for that clown show. And we will talk about that one, break down what the fatal flaws are for the Pittsburgh Penguins, probably talk a little bit more about Tristan Jari and a lot more. But that's going to do it for this one. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or you can get us anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you guys next time. We'll be right back.